0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are going to be learning the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Truma, Chameshi. The topic of Aliyah is the Paroches. It is a shorter Aliyah with seven psukim running from Perek Chavov, Pasuk Lamed Aleph to Pasuk Lamed Zion. Let's take a look at the brief overview and then some basic points to ponder. We're now told about making this paroches, which is a dividing curtain between the Kodesh in the inner sanctum, and the outer sanctum, the Kodesh. Um, the paroches is made out of Techeles argumenta shani, sheish Mazar. So it's made out of these different these four different um twines, the the blue, purple, crimson, and and, and linen all twined together into the threads to make this a Maase Choshev, which is a woven work. Um and on it was the pattern of kruvim of angels. Again, it is placed on four standing beams. So the beams are not right next to each other, they're like entrance ways to dividing between the Kodesh and the Kodashim, and they were go- they were gold covered um, with golden um, rings or belts around them is standing in silver sockets and then the 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 parochis is placed on these um, hanging off of these beams and is a divider it is a divider um, then at this point in time once this is up once the boundaries are in place then you will place the kapores on the iron and then the, the the and it is the the all the the vessels are then set up. So first the curtains placed, then the aron's placed, then the implements outside. The shulchan is placed on the on um outside. The menorah is placed outside, and then there is the 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 Chazav, which we're going to hear about as well. It's worthwhile noting that everything, the implements in the kodesh, are all placed in the the closer to the kodesh gadashim side. So it's the half of the twenty amas towards the um. And then we hear about a masach, which is this curtain, which is at the entrance of the mishkan itself, which is also made of t'cheles, um, is shoni, and mazar, which is, wo- it is a different type of woven, it's not the same level of craft as the innermost Paroches as well, and this would hang on five different beams. As well, now we uh, the only difference is that the, the entrance beams are in uh, copper sockets, um, whereas the uh, the the beams for the holding up the paroches have silver sockets holding them up as well. Let's let's jump into a few basic points to ponder, and that is is why are there kruvim? Why are there these um, images of angels? On the curtain, the is dividing between the kodesh and the chol. So Rashi says it is a Maase choshev. It is a, a uh, the the artwork which is done is uh, with an image which can be seen differently on each side. And Rav Sorotskin suggests that perhaps this is to tell which is the front and which is the back, which way the orientation should be as well. We know that there is certainly a hakpoda according to some, uh, let's say when it comes to tzitzis, to have an atara, to have some sort of sign or crown as to which side is which, so that one puts so it that way. Not all traditions have this. The Arizal doesn't have this. The Chabad, therefore, doesn't have it as well. But, um, but most traditions have it that you should know which way is which, and perhaps the, 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 we, the weavings and the images were to display which side was, was front and back. However, it is worthwhile noting, as Rabbi Foreman points out, that there were krivim, there were angels in three different interfaces in the Mishkan. There were krivim, of course, the most famous of the angels, were the ones on top of the Aaron. Those are the two golden krivim on top of the Aaron. And then there were the krivim, the angels, on the Parachis, on this curtain between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Hakodashim. And then there were the krivim on the roof on the sides of the Mishkan, which would be, if you looked up, you would be able to see them as well. So those are the three places that angels appeared in the artwork of the Mishkan. I mean, Ba'zimedash is more complex, a much more complex structure um, worthwhile considering when learning Sefer Malachim. And say so for a Hezkel. But in the meantime, um, the so what is the relevance of that? So our phone points out that the the when does, looking at the creation of the world in uh, Bara'chus Genesis one, it's it's important to realize that the Torah could only describe creation from an anthropocentric perspective. It could only describe creation from a, the perspective of those who live on Earth, because certainly for many many millennia, people had no idea about beyond. They couldn't understand beyond. But obviously the creation of the world was is a universal creation not just a the creation of a particular planet called Earth obviously with my, my, the significance that Hashem gave to earth and and, and human life is the center of the we we'll called the spiritual universe but be it as it may the the, the 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 whole universe was also created at that point in time which means to say couched in those terms must also also be the universal constraints of creation, as well. So, in that, if we we're to read that, there, 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 there have to be, we'll call it, you know, um, hidden in or embedded into the anthropocentric creation of Earth, also universal descriptions of creation, which is why it's fascinating. Uh, Foreman points to the words Vayavdel. Whatever the word is used to divide, that's what he he suggests is what's called an infrastructure part of creation, which is a necessary part of creation. Take that away and all the other constraints fall away. And so it appears by three parts of uh, creation at the beginning. One is between light and dark. Hashem dividing light and dark on day one. The other one is the Rukia, which is this uh, firmament which divides between the oceans and the heavens. And on day four, the heaven, the, uh, the 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 sun and the moon. What's interesting about all of that, if you put that all together, is that um, they could be, in a certain sense, trying to convey to us ideas which only many centuries later we would fully understand, at least in the realm of physics. And that is uh, describing the notion of light and dark. Is light and dark energy is energy number one then Rekia is the way of describing space, the constraint of reality called space, and that sun and moon essentially is the way the Torah is describing the notion of time. So the entire universe essentially is the continuum of time and space. Everything is wrapped around time and space. Kabbalistically, we know the notion of Ashan, which is time, space, and the soul, which is the convergence of three elements. But in physics, there's energy, which ultimately turns into matter, which expresses itself in the time, Um, Space continuum, and that's what's being described right over here. Um, So, now let's, if that's the case, it's interesting to note that the Mishkan, reflecting the creation of the world itself, also refers to these three different aspects of creation. So, the and each of the, the where the krivim arrive are essentially a meridian between the world outside and inside each of these elements of creation. So, for instance, the first krivim appear, the first angels appear around the actual Mishkan itself. And it divides the rest of the world out from this place. So what was the last element of creation, which or basic fundamental building block of creation, which we, we learn about? That's on day four. That is time. So it's interesting that in the inner sanctum, time doesn't seem to operate in the same physical constraint. As an example, we see this by the menorah, that the ner ravi did not go out, time would not affect it, and the fuel consumed. And the bread, the showbread, the Nechavah would not go stale from week to week. Almost as if time was not in operation once you pass that meridian of the first set of angels. The next set of angels are the parochas, dividing the outer sanctum and the inner sanctum. Um, the Kodesh and the Kodesh of Gadashim. and it's interesting that in that realm, space breaks down as well, because that's the place where, if you remember, the Gomorrah Babasar and Baba Daftzadi Test tells us that the aron Ena Minamida, if you measured, if you were to, you know, obviously we can't do this, but if one were to take a tape measure and measure from the one side of the iron to the other side of the iron, you would see that the space would add up to the entire width of the room, but the iron is still in the middle, which means to say it wasn't actually taking up space. So space breaks down, which is the second constraint of reality. So time breaks down where the first appear. The next meridian is where the second crovimar is where space breaks down. And then finally, the third level of krovim is where you open it up, there were the Luchos inside of the Aron Haedos the, the Ar- and, um, and we know that the Torah was this white fire on black fire, which we represent today as black ink on, on white parchment. But the idea of, of dark energy and light energy, which is essentially primordial energy, which is to be found inside the Aaron. So it's interesting that, the, that actually the very structure of the Mishkan reflects all of this as really essentially a wormhole which is between the physical and the metaphysical universe. And as you get closer in, then parts of the constraints of this world break down as marked and demarcated by the angels at each of these three meridians or passages between space, time, and energy as you go backwards and in, um, more inner towards this, um, the center of this whole idea. And finally, one last point which is worth noting in, in, this, in this aliyah is that the Torah seems to, to describe whether either Shulchan is placed twice talks about the, the Shulchan being placed in two places. Now, why is that? Um, so it, 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 it starts off by saying, You place the Shulchan, the, the, the table, outside the parochist. Then it places the, the menorah. And then it says the shulchan is placed on the northern side of the um, uh, and the, the and the minorities on the southern side. Why is it mentioned in the Torah twice? So the Shulchan twice. So that Moribba and Daf Hafei tells us that it's interesting that in practices, let's say when a person is davening towards the west, when he's davening towards the west, um, to um, uh, the, there are two different orientations, um, we'll call southwest and northwest, which a person could orient themselves when davening. And the Gemara says, <speaking> If you want to have chachma, wisdom, yadrim, you should point slightly towards the south, um, um south, uh, southwest, you want um, wealth. If you want to have wealth, you point slightly towards the northwest, Because the table, the Shulchan, which represents material wealth, is in the north of the Mishkan, and the menorah is in the south of the Mishkan, which is wisdom, representing the idea of oil and light. So that's what the gemara tells us, and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch as well. What is interesting about that is, as Rav Saratskin points out, is that um, these represent two ideas which are expressed in Perkei In Kemach, in Torah, if there's no flower, if you don't have material wealth or, um, or wherewithal, you can't have Torah. And if you don't have Torah, in Kemach, if you don't have a spiritual led, spiritually led life, then all of the rest of it is worthless. It's not going to be pleasurable or or um, goal-oriented or giving a person pleasure and accomplishment in life. Um, so the way that Rav understands the Torah describing over here is first you need to have the Shulchan in the north. You need to have the material wealth. You need to be able to have something to, to to put bread on the table. That's in en- en- kemach, en Torah. But once you get there, then you need to have en Torah, en- kemach. You need to have the Torah. The next step is you have to have spiritual underpinnings in your life. And then you can appreciate the Shulchan. So that's why it starts off Shulchan, menorah, Shulchan in the placement to describe this very interdependent idea, which is uh, the idea of um, of both the material wealth and also the and spiritual wealth which are interdependent with each other. With this we conclude the Fethalia and in time have a wonderful meaning.